Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Hi, you Birds fans. It is another episode of Birds 365 Thursday edition with your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald here to hang with you for the next two hours. Countdown continues, Johnny Mac. Just five days until the Eagles report to camp. They want everybody just pro hugs and high fives and catches up on their summer activities before they'll ever actually get out there on the field. But before you know it, you will be getting grass time with the Philadelphia Eagles. And they're getting a little bit of a late start. And I know this is probably with our streamers and our uh, guys who tune in every single day, guys and gals, I should say, um, uh, getting to be old hat that uh, yours truly complains about the fact that the Eagles have subscribed to this doing less pays more line of thinking and prepping for a season. But it is what it is. It's not going to change until they actually get out there on the field. Uh, The teams around the National Football League, the two teams playing in a Hall of Fame game, have their entire camps in. Other teams have brought rookies in. The Philadelphia Eagles are tied for dead last in the league as to when they're actually going to get their camp underway with everyone showing up next Tuesday. There's only a handful of teams like the Eagles who are waiting that long. How does this jive with Nick uh, Sirianni's tenants of coaching? I saw your uh, article on uh, jacobsports.com about Nick Sirianni and his mindset and his own personal preparation for the season. 
isn't work one of the things that should be one of Nick Sirianni? Yeah, well, number one, it's interesting you go here to start the show, Jody, because I can't talk about it yet, uh, and it won't be out for a while, but uh, you're going to be more upset uh, when when the schedule is actually put out. And by schedule, I mean the training camp schedule. Um, yeah, it doesn't jive. I've been talking about this for months. And that's why, you know, there's a lot of people, and I've talked to a lot of fellow reporters about this, and they buy into it more than me, some do at least, um, that Nick is on board with all of this. I find it very hard to believe. From everything else he says, I find it very hard to believe that if it were up to Nick Sirianni, now there's a couple ways to frame that, obviously, but if it were just up to Nick Sirianni, the Eagles would be practicing more. Now, I'm not saying he's just out outraged because he's smart enough to know he doesn't have that kind of cachet to be outraged at this point of his career, which is still a very young career. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. So you can't have it both ways. You can't be saying Nick Sirianni's this competitive guy. This and he is, by the way, that part of it's true. And but he's also okay with this. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't jive with me. It doesn't make sense. And that's what I've said from pretty much day one. And I, I'm I'm not coming off that stance because it 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 it's just common sense, really. Uh, no, if if he had, if he were Andy Reid, if he were Bill Belichick, if he were that type of Pete Carroll type of coach, they'd be practicing more. Period. End of sentence. Doesn't seem to add up to me, but uh, again, the Eagles last year, first year under Nick Sirianni, and last year he surely wasn't coming in and dictating anything as far as schedules went. Uh, went behind the years, rookie, never been a head coach anywhere. Uh, he was going to do exactly as he was told. Uh, I can't knock or question or mock uh, the coach for uh, the way that the preparation for last season was done. It did for the most part, and we could really get into the weeds and break down every single missed practice and missed game for guys on the roster. But just in a very general sense, the Eagles were relatively healthy last year. Now, I personally, I think some of that has to do with luck. A big part of that has to do with luck. We'll see if it continues in the same direction, because if you had a little luck going last year for your uh, side, you would expect maybe the scales bounce a little bit and have a couple more injuries this year than not. But if they truly believe that not practicing, and it makes common sense that not practicing gives you less chance to get hurt, but it also, for me, gives you less chance to be prepared and ready for the start of a season. If they come back on the lesser side of the injuries or uh, injuries again, yeah, then I'm just going to have to sit here and eat crow and quasi-complain about the lack of work that the Eagles are actually putting in. But I don't think they're going to change. Even if Nick Sirianni has a winning season and the Eagles make the playoffs and win a playoff game, I don't think he's coming out and flexing his muscles going into next offseason. <laughs> I think it's going to be more of the same, if not more of the more. Um, yeah. I mean, until he gets um... – that cachet was talking about until he gets to that point where he's got leverage. Um, it's not going to change. Even if there are a significant uptick in injuries, it'll help his argument. Um, 
But I, I don't think it's about that for the Eagles. I, I think it's about the cost benefit of preparation, as you mentioned, versus health for week one. Uh, and, and the goal is to be as healthy as possible for week one because you can't prepare anyway, uh, like you used to, um, you know, two a days and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's where I think the Eagles debate is not that they found the cure all for injuries. I mean, Tyree Jackson, uh, tours ACL and week 18, Brett Todd tours at ACL and week 18. They, they, I don't believe they have the kind of hubris to say, no, we found the, the cure for injuries in the NFL. It's simply about, all right, well, we have this limited time. Even if we used every single minute with, with our good players that we do have, you still can't prepare like you used to. So why not get as many as those key players to week one as healthy as possible? I think that is the, that's their equation more than, oh, we have a, a, a solve, a, we found the cure for injuries. I, even I don't think the Eagles have that kind of hubris, although they might, but uh, I, I think it's about getting to week one. Now in season, and this really started under Doug Peterson, they kind of stumbled onto that late in the season where they would scale back practices and they basically wouldn't even have the full Wednesday practice and they do a bunch of walkthroughs. I think that part of it is to save the legs of the veteran players. Remember, they've had a pretty old team since the Super Bowl, um, and they still do, at, at least with their key players. They're turning it over. They're getting a lot younger talent, but, you know, the Jason Kelsey's of the world, the Lane Johnson's and, and, you know, Fletcher Cox, now Brandon Graham, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The aging players, they've been an older team since they won the Super Bowl and they said, let's try to run it back and win another one. Uh, and, and that's changing a little bit, but I do think that in season scale back helps the, the older players keep their legs for the, what has been the stretch runs, except for 2020 when they were terrible. Whatever the mindset is, whatever their philosophy is, whoever is contributing to this, Howie Roseman medical staff and kind of dictating terms to the coaching staff, uh, that their reasons for doing it are theirs. And they're not going to sit down and explain them to John McMullen or Jody McDonald or anybody else, uh, nor is Coach Sirianni, because you got to believe he's privy to why they're doing it the way they're doing it, but he's not about to uh, share with us uh, why that is the case. <laughs> My concerns are twofold. Number one is just general readiness for the team. Um, they've made some significant additions this offseason. It's not like they bring back the same 53 guys from year to year. There's turnover every single year, and guys need to be incorporated into systems and work with teammates and get feels and the like. So I have a general concern that if you don't do enough, you're, you're not as prepared as you can be, and maybe even more so. My biggest concern is – there are a couple of positions, at least in my estimation, and I'm just Joe Talk Show host. I'm not uh, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles or the coach of any other team, as a matter of fact. But there are positions on this team where there should be some debate as to who is playing, who is playing how much, who is quote-unquote starting. That can be overstated, but playing at key junctures, in key games, on key downs. 
it's not like we know the Eagles starting 22. And then there's a drop-off to all their backup players. There are a couple positions where there could be some debate as to who's going to play. John, when is the coaching staff going to figure out who should be playing in those positions, on those plays, in those games that are going to help to decide the Eagles season? Seeing as they don't put a whole hell of a lot of practice time in before the first game starts. All right, you play the first game, you break down the tape. All right, we got a bit of grasp now. But don't you want to get there, having a better feel as to who actually should be out there on the field? How- Browns, yeah, Browns and uh, Miami joint practices. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna be this whole training camp, and sadly, it's not even gonna be in Philadelphia. Both both now, are let me, on the road. I'll let you get to your point, and I apologize for interrupting, but let me just see if I got this straight. They're gonna expect Eagle fans to show up at that preseason game. And they're going to charge for tickets. And they're going to charge for parking. And that game is going to be basically irrelevant. But those all-important joint practices in Berea, Ohio, and wherever the hell the Dolphins practice down uh, south of South Beach, that's going to determine who's going to be playing the first game of the season against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they didn't play their starters last year. They're certainly not going to play them this year. And by that, I mean, some guys have to play because it becomes a numbers uh, crunch, but very few reps. Um, Yeah, uh, for significant reps, the starters are going to be in practices, those joint practices. And we saw it last year. I mean, they're not going to change from what they did last year. Now, for the back end of the roster guys, it's still very important for guys trying to make the football team. Um, you know, they'll get an opportunity uh, it, with those in front of those ticket buyers. But that's always been an issue with the NFL. I mean, even when preseason games meant a little bit more, Jody, it was still price gouging. You know, everybody would bundle them around the league. Oh, sure. I'm sure there were some teams. That didn't, but the, uh, the, the last no thirty-two for thirty-two. 32 do yeah. the last one that didn't, New York Jets. Yeah, so they, the, they they finally had to give it up and go. Yeah, the thirty-one other teams are doing this. Maybe we should do this yeah. too. So yeah, you, well, you have to. I mean, package. You got to buy them all. Yeah, once you know, people aren't going to buy them. I mean, why why are they going to buy them? Especially now. Uh, but if you like Britton Kobe and. You know, you hope he wins the punt return job. You know, who get a chance in that game? But even even the guys who aren't projected to be starters right now, like the key reserves, like Jack Driscoll on the offensive line, or 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 Jaquiski Tart right now at safety, they're not going to get meaningful reps in 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 the preseason games. Um, yeah, it stinks, it, you know, but it's not coming back. It's not It's not going back to the way it used to be. So it, it, it's kind of, you know, let's get through this and, you know, try to get to week one of the regular season. And I, I get what you're saying, and I can sit here and scream and yell all I want, and they're not returning to – uh, 1995, uh, getting ready for season motif. Not happening. I get that. Here's my only concern with the Eagles. Is it going to be as good as what the 
Washington Commanders, New York Giants, <clears throat> Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, all the teams that are on the Eagles schedule getting ready for this year. And yes, I believe that early in the season, the more you get into the season, you play games, the preparation that you did back in September becomes less important. So it's those early season matchups and the teams you're going to be playing against twice during the year. Um, yeah. Are they doing more? Are they going to be more? Yeah, they're, they going to well, be more they're doing more. <laughs> I feel comfortable saying they're doing more. Um, and that's, you know, Ricky and I were talking about it. Ricky and Ricardo and I are kind of on the same page there. Um, not so much, you know, from the Detroit perspective, look, I just think teams get fired up for their home openers. And, you know, that's natural. Um, everybody's got hope. And when you have, when you play in a bad team in a home opener, that's probably the worst time you can play them. I mean, literally <laughs> the worst time because they're going to be excited. They don't know how bad they are yet. Um, you know, all NFL teams have good players, including the Detroit Lions. You know, how many good players are there on the Jets, Jody? There's a lot. There's a lot. No, seriously. I mean, they're all NFL players. Um, and and they can hurt you if you don't show up and, and play, you know, your top-level game. So I, I do think it's, you know, the Eagles should win the game. I'm not trying to – but I, I do think – the spot is a little bit tougher than you're playing the Lions when they played the Lions last year and they were 0-7 or whatever the heck they were. Uh, and they kind of realized the writing was on the wall and then they had some injuries and all of a sudden that's where the Eagles season turns around. They completely bulldoze that team. Um, I think it's more difficult. It's a more difficult spot than the last time they were in Detroit. Um, you know, there's, you know, and then you talk about the preparation. You know, Kevin O'Connell's the first-time head coach, rookie head coach. You know, he's utilizing his time. Every every piece of time, every OTA, he utilized. Now, I don't know what kind of coach he's going to be. I have no idea. But he was given that rope to utilize the time he does have. Is that going to make a difference? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's a bad coach. Maybe it's not going to make a difference, but he's trying to utilize the time. And he was given more important to me is he was given the opportunity. See, that's the important part to me, Jody. And Nick's not going to go on record and say that, but that's where we started the show. I do not believe he wouldn't use that time if he was allowed to use that time. I'm never going to believe that. You know, you can't act like the most competitive person in the world and then walk away from competition. It doesn't make sense to me. Here's where I disagree with both you and Ricky. Um, you're comparing playing the Lions in Detroit week one as to potentially playing the Lions in Detroit week 14, where they might not be playing as well and guys might not be as motivated. I follow that line of reasoning, but it's kind of irrelevant because you have to play the teams you're scheduled to play over the course of the season. Soon as the season ends, the previous season ends, you know who you're playing and where you're playing them. The only thing you don't know is when you're playing them. If not the Detroit Lions, which of the other road games the Eagles are scheduled to play would you prefer the Eagles to be? Oh, I didn't say the there's a preference. I just say it's a more difficult spot than it would be. 
And and, and, and you got to play Johnny. You got to play somebody opening week on the road. But when I'm you saying, haven't played the Detroit Lions or someone else, no, that's that's not the point. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, if that's not the worst team on your schedule, maybe you can argue Chicago in the, in the same division because I think they're going to be a disaster. But that's not the point. Yeah, you should win. You should win, and they play Chicago later. I forget the the week. Um, you should win both of those games because you have more talent. I just mean there's more of a trap potential. And when you're playing one of those teams in week one, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'd rather play somebody else. I'm saying there's more of a trap potential against a terrible team in week one than week 14, week 15. Right. And I say I would rather play a team that I got a significantly more talented uh, roster Week one, get the season off right. The Eagles are subscribing to less is more preparation for the season. Then let me just sneak out of there with a win because we're just flat out better than they are. Well, you might, rather, and that I'd might be doing that than playing a team who's got more talent than, well, than that's, the Eagles. I do. agree with you, but that might be. And, and, and what if that happens, Jody? What if they sneak out of Detroit with a 21 20 win? People are going to be upset by that. It's going to be a win. It's great. Wipe you get out of there. Off, wipe the sweat off your brow and move on. Yeah, that's the way are going that to be, you, you have know, to handle. You know people are going to be upset about that. If that's the way it shakes out. They're going to be very upset. By yeah, that. but I'd rather have that 21-20 win over Detroit than that 21-20 loss to Indianapolis if that were your first round. Uh, I'd rather win. Game. I'm just saying the spot is more difficult for the Detroit Lions in week one. Not that I'd rather play somebody else. Uh, it, it's it's more difficult against a bad team early in the season, and especially in the home opener. Everybody gets fired up. That might be the only game Lions fans are fired up for, the home opener. Oh, that might be it. What do they plan Thanksgiving? I don't no, that, know. By Thanksgiving, they're always done. There's always <laughs> 40,000 people there. Uh, they want to go to freaking Thanksgiving dinner. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365 today. We've got a pair of Jeffs coming your way. First up is our pal Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. A little bit later is Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com. So we've got two good Jeffs joining us today. Kerr is next here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Kurt's got his own little following here on the stream. They have a bunch of guys who are big Jeff Kurt fans. Uh, so, yeah, help us with our uh, streaming numbers. Go ahead and hit that like button. Uh, if I had one, I'd hit it. Jeff Kerr, we like whenever you join us on the show. Are you ready for some football? You know what, Jody? I've been ready for football since football season ended. So <laughs> I'm not counting USFL here. I, oh, come I on. Ready. That's where I was about to go. You were excited by that Philadelphia Stars run oh, for the championship. I wish they'd play in Philadelphia, which right, the so Sixers are actually going to do. They're, they're going to play in Philadelphia. I'm excited today, boys. The Sixers are finally getting out of being that ugly stepsister to the Philadelphia. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guarantee that, that, that 10 years down the road, they're just trying to leverage a better deal and we'll see how it shakes out. But yeah, I mean, the Sixers have, but people, people complaining about, I think Josh Harrison, I tweeted this. I think he's been a terrible owner for the Sixers overall, but people who blame him for wanting out of the wealth, they're crazy. They're nuts. They don't understand what's going on. They've always been a second-class citizen, and let's be honest, the NBA is so much bigger than the NHL right now. It doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, he's he's got to get something's got to get done for the Sixers. So I don't all, I don't uh, blame Josh Harris at all. Kerr, aren't you a Jersey guy? Oh no! Yeah, I'm... bring him to Camden. They're coming no, to Camden. I, You're not no, going to pay the Jeff's, toll to watch your Sixers. Jeff's a Chester County guy, right? You're Chester I'm County. I'm actually right? from Works County, but okay. so. Yeah, I, I am. I am definitely a suburbanite, and let me tell you, I hate, hate driving that sports complex. It is brutal. So when people tell me about traffic, I'll take any alternative. I gotta take SEPTA to go to games more. So be it. But it, what? Which, right by now, the way, that is an. If this building comes to fruition, it will force the city to clean up public transportation. It will yeah. actually help that part of it because many more people will want to take public transportation and they'll want to feel a little bit safer. It will force them. That is an un unintended positive consequence. One of the rare ones. It okay. will force them to clean it up. You're, you're betting on the city, Johnny Mac. Okay. We'll, hey, we'll, I saw we'll Chester see. with the Philadelphia union, Jody. They went all out with the Philadelphia union in Chester. 
So I'm thinking that Philadelphia with an NBA team, they don't want that bad publicity. There there are two things I'm going to get out of this, and one of them is the WNBA team. For people who haven't seen my Twitter, I basically tweet about the WNBA almost every day and want Philadelphia to get a WNBA team. If that ever happens – as a women's basketball fan, I'm all for it. My, my sister and I will be jumping up and down if they ever get a WNBA. All right. We've, we've gotten too far afoot here. Yeah, we've gone. WNBA. Yeah, we're, we're going to get in trouble. To talk. We need well, to although real- I hope Dawn Staley is the coach of that team. Oh, yeah. So, see, uh, see the, that's the thing. Dawn Staley's got to be the coach. That would be the perfect yeah. scenario. Yeah. Let, us, let us reel it back into the birds. All right. We are 52 days away from the Eagles and the Detroit Lions. Yesterday, Ricky Ricardo joined us and Johnny Mack, and he said – Oh, it's a good thing. It's a bad thing they're playing the Lions the first game of the season. Yeah, I think you're overstating that, Jody. I said uh, we said it's more difficult than it typically would be against a bad team. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just the worst spot. Team that division sucks. I I know. I know. It's terrible. Yeah, I think the Bears might be worse. I think the Bears might be worse. I mean. This isn't that far fetched. You could honestly envision the scenario where the Lions could finish second place in that division. That that's how crazy it is. Yeah, but, I mean, if you don't believe in Kevin O'Connell, and I don't know if I do, I that that can go drastic directions, Minnesota. But um yeah, Chicago and Detroit. Oof, that's the Eagles that's are tough. gonna but be I, very the Eagles defense will be very fortunate. Jameson Williams will not be playing week one. I, I just don't envision a scenario where he's back on the field by week one. Yeah. So what I've heard uh, from Ricky and uh, John and, and Peter King too, who I have to read his column every single Monday. The, the Eagles are in trouble week one against the Lions. <laughs> That's the game. Jeff Kerr. To bring them back to reality here. The Eagles are going to go Jeff into likes the Lions. and kick the Lions' ass the same I way like the they Lions. did last year, aren't they? I'm not saying the Eagles are going to lose to the Lions, but I don't like them that they're playing the Lions. We won. That's everybody's Super Bowl. It's. I mean, the Eagles are That's far away. But let me there. let me see. Maybe maybe I can get through to you. That's I couldn't get I'm through saying. to John. That's, that's all I'm the saying. The Eagles have to play someone week one on the road, correct, Jeff Kerr? Correct. They have to play someone. Who would you rather play than the Detroit Lions? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you know what? Can they play the Houston Texans on the road week one? Because they're terrible. How about the Bears? How about the Giants? Those those are in the oh, I love to play Giants. Oh, but wouldn't the Giants be motivated for week one the same no, way that won. the Lions would? Because, but hey, we I'm haven't saying. lost any games yet. We're probably going to suck over the course no, of the no, year, I, but they're dangerous to play week one. Doesn't matter who you play week one. It's the same danger. Everybody's yes, zero and zero, and they have this Jody. Uh, overstated uh, uh, thought process as to the fact that they're not Jody, you know what? I'm going to come the... back to you on this when Amon Ross St. Brown has like 10 catches against his secondary. It's He's had eight straight – he's had eight catches in the last five games. It's 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 incre- It's crazy. Like he's on pace for an NFL record right now for most games with eight consecutive receptions. People slept on this Lions team last year in December. They were three and three. So they're getting better under this coach. Oh, and Aiden Hutchinson. I'm telling you, if anybody's going to make a difference for that poorest defense, it's going to be him. All right. Last thing, Jody. You hit the nail on the head. Here's the deal: the Eagles play at the Giants week 14. 
uh, like uh, their 14th is his 14th game or whatever, but late December 11th. If they played them week one, it would be more difficult. They play Chicago the next week at Chicago. If they played Chicago in week one, it would be more difficult. That's all I'm saying. That, not that somebody else would be better to play. We, we just look at it completely differently. You have to play someone week one. Someone has got to be on the schedule week one. You yes. have to play someone. They don't get a buy. There's no such thing. You have to play. So whoever you're going to play on the road week number one, it would be more difficult to play in week one than it would be week eight or week 12. Yes, or week 14. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You were conflating it into, I think there is an easier. Now we can have that discussion. The Giants might be easier than the Lions. The Bears might be easier than the Lions. But that 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 wasn't what I was saying. I was saying the Lions are more dangerous in week one than they would be in week 14. And I, so I, are the John, Giants and John, so are the Bears. I get the I'll point you're trying to make. Either you're not getting mine or you don't want to get mine. I'm not comparing the Lions to playing the Lions later. I'm comparing the Lions week one to anyone else you can play week one because you have to play someone week one. Yeah, and so, that's so what I'm playing saying. The Lions, we're, we're, you got to play the Lions at some point. So why, why, why would you not worry? Why would you not want to play in week one? You got to play a tough team week one. It's tough with everybody because nobody knows how good we're or bad having be. different arguments. If you're asking me who's easier, maybe the Giants. Maybe the Bears, but no, yes, that's it. It's easy. But yeah, we'll we'll share, but we're arguing different things. But I want to shift to this because I don't want to blame Jeff Kerr, but I like to tweak you. I like to tweak you when one of your CBS guys say something. So I want to talk Jesse Bates with you. Oh, because we gotta go do this again. I mean, yeah, CBS now like it's not your fault, but I'd like to tweak you. Uh, they said the Eagles were the most likely, whoever oh. put that together, were the most likely team to acquire Jesse Bates. Uh, they don't even have the room to acquire Jesse Bates right now. They would have to finagle some salary cap. Now, I've had my own travails this week with people trying to get rid of every player they don't want. Uh, you know, the, So we're not trying to for Jesse Bates anytime soon? Yeah, Jalen Rager. They want to give the Jalen Rager to the team with the best wide receiver room in the NFL. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, take like Jalen Rager. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just makes no sense. And then yesterday I got this guy. I, I yeah, And again, I'm not conflating this with the entire Eagles fan base. I got the we don't need Jesse Bates guy because Marcus Epps is ready to step up. Now, I like Epsy. I, I'd like Epsi probably more than most fans. Certainly the Eagles like him. I do Jesse too. Bates is 25. Marcus Epps is older than Jesse Bates. I don't get this fan base at times, and this is one of them with Jesse Bates. The Eagles have any realistic chance to get Jesse Bates? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're not getting Jesse Bates. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But they are not. They just don't have the cap. I don't see how they can pull this off. It's no. Well, it's, they have the draft capital, but they'd have to give up draft capital. Right. And then, then they have to pay well, the guy yeah, on top of it. Yeah. It's I, I get Jesse Bates wants to get paid, but where's this money coming from? Like, 
who yeah. are you getting rid of for this to happen? Like, you would have to get rid of a Fletcher Cox, a Javon Hargrave. You're going to have to move on from somebody to create the cast. This is what we were talking about yesterday um, with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing. There's only one team that can take on his salary right now, the Cleveland Browns, fully. So the 49ers are in a pickle. So what's going to happen with Jesse Bates? Because I was looking at every team's cap spit. Yeah, more teams can take him on, but it's like you said, John. Do you really want to give up the draft capital to get this guy? It's He's a great player. To, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'd love to have him on the Eagles. It's just – I just don't see it. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to think critically here. And yeah. I, I'm sorry. It's, if this was March, absolutely. But we're in July now. And, and I feel like teams are – not saying they're they're set set, but the Eagles are more than prepared to go into the season with Marcus Tetschukwitzkitar and Anthony Harris at safety. Agreed, and I think the key is they're not giving up a first round draft pick. And Jesse Bates is going to command a first round draft pick. Somebody in the league is going to give up a first round draft pick. So if you're not willing to give up a first round draft pick, which I don't think they are, because they want the safety net of being able to go into the draft and get a quarterback of Jalen Hurts isn't the guy. You're not getting Jesse Bates. They could finagle. Howie's the best in the league at finagling cap space and doing future contracts and pushing money forward. I, I think they could work it out financially if they wanted to. They're just not going to have the, the capital. To, the, they won't give yeah, up the capital why, they're going to have to to get them. This is why I'm not crazy about picking destinations because for, you know, a lot or, you know, just predicting this stuff because it blows up. It, it, it literally does. It, it's one of those, okay, let, let's pick a team that needs safety instead of looking at their cap space. Right? Yeah. I remember, yeah. like, the, the last one I had to do for CBS, and it, again, I, I thought it was a really good one. And if any team could take Antonio Brown, who would it be? And we did for fun. And I only did, like, teams that were previously interested in him, like Baltimore and Seattle. And everybody said the same thing to me, which I agree with them. Why would we want him? And that's pretty much what it came down to. Like, I'm just going off based off your head coach's interest, how he's had workouts with. And I remember I, I put in a joke at the end. I said, can't they fucking ears? I said, yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody got to yeah, kick out and, of that. So. Uh, all, all those things, you're right. Basically, you just look at, okay, who needs a safety? But now we're back to, this is a positive part of it. We're back to, we, we had a little bit of lull. But you know how these things go. For years and years and years, when somebody became available with a modicum of a big name, um, the stories would come out and they say, oh, where's it most likely? And I would always joke, it's blah, 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 and the Eagles. Everybody would put, and the Eagles. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, it's right because how he's going to make the call and all that. We all know that he's going to do his due diligence and you could spin it like, well, how he made the call. Well, yeah, he's going to call about everybody. But but what is the realistic aspect of it? They don't even have $12.9 million in cap space right now, the Eagles. Now, you know, you start asking, all right, everybody wants to ship Andre Dillard, you know, to Cincinnati. They have Jonah Williams. Who was the 11th pick in the same draft? Andre Dillard was the 22nd pick. And oh, by the way, the Bengals picked up his fifth year option. They like him. They signed Alex Cap in free agency. They got Lael Collins uh, after Dallas released him. They don't have a need for Isaac Sayamalo. 
Now you can argue Derek Barnett. I don't. I'm. 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 I'm sure they don't have a, a, a situation where they're banging down their door for Derek Barnett. Jalen Rager again. They have the best wide receiver group in the entire National Football League. Number one. Not even close. Last year, yeah. Joe Burrow is one. He's 4,500 yards away from being the first quarterback ever to throw for uh, 4,500 yards, and I think it's like back-to-back season or something. I, I forget the stat or something like that. I remember I saw it the other day. It's, and then you have it, the cheapness of the Bengals. The Bengals don't want to pick up salaries, right? They pay, they've they been getting a little bit better. They pay certain guys, and they've gone out free agency. Trey Hendrickson worked out really well for them. Um, so they're a little bit better. They have been now that have gotten closer, but they're not. They're still not a team that wants to add salaries. They yeah, want for, draft picks. Yeah, period. For those, same, for those same old Bengals comments with Jesse Bates. Think about this: you got to pay Joe Burrow, you got to pay Jamar Chase, you got to pay yeah. T. Higgins, you got to pay uh, Joe Mixon. Got paid, but you got to pay those guys. That's what they're thinking of. That's your franchise. Jesse Bates, unfortunately, may just be a casualty of. And we, got, we can't keep everybody. Yeah, they were going to pay him $12.9 million. No, they're not. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. 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 De- Derek Barnett's going to go in and uh, replace Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, that that's happening, Eagles fans. No chance. Or, 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 or Sam Hubbard, who's also pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, back to the birds. We've talked plenty about them the last several weeks. Uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, Madden came out with their ratings yesterday for the running back position. Oh, okay. the humanity. The, the disrespect. He's the disrespect. The favorite time of the year. It's Madden. Yeah, there, are, there are only 23 backs in the National Football League that are rated higher than uh, oh. Miles Sanders. Only 23 of them. Uh, if this guy isn't motivated coming into the season by his status with the Eagles, his status with his contract, his status and his ranking in the Madden League. Is this going to be a good thing or a bad thing, Jeff Kerr? Is, is Miles Sanders going to put that big old chip on his shoulder and give us a hell of a season? Or is he going to be a shrinking violet that says, I can't believe no one gives me any credit? I don't think it takes much to motivate Miles Sanders these days. So if uh, being ranked that low in the Madden ratings gets him fired up, so be it. I'd like to see him become the better pass catcher out of the backfield and run his routes better. I'd love to see that because I think Miles Sanders can do that. I think Miles Sanders can be a top 10 back in this league. And if you want to go into some numbers in terms of yards per touch or yards per carry, he's there. But it's it's the, the other thing. The things that don't show up that much on the stat sheet that kind of gives you that pause on him as an elite back. And I kind of see him being – not not that contract-wise, but play, player performance-wise, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's the opposite of him, though. He scores a lot of touchdowns, but the yards per carry isn't that great until the last couple years in Denver. I think Miles Sanders is kind of like that, only the yards per carry is really good, the explosive plays are really good running the ball, but you just don't see him find the end zone. And again, that's not his fault. I mean, the Eagles decided to give the ball to Jalen Hurts in the end zone, so, so be it, but – I think Miles Sanders can be a top 10 back in this league. I think he can be motivated to be a top 10 back in this league. It's just the little things we need to correct. And I think that's what maybe people just don't see because we're in the fantasy football realm these days. 
Now, I, I, first of all, I don't know how Miles gets out of bed in the morning. So, you know, Miles, if you're watching, uh, that disrespect is just so egregious. I hope, I hope it's righted by some sort of writ of Congress. Uh, that kind of disrespect should never go on. Who gives a crap about all Madden ratings? Did you see now, Jake Elliott's hey, Madden ratings? Can I answer that question? Every player in the National Football League. A lot of players do. And and those players, I wouldn't say every, but a lot of players do. And they're nuts, too. Every single one of them is nuts. Who gives a flying you-know-what? But I do want to say this about Miles Sanders. Because you just said it, Jeff. John Clark, we had on yesterday, he said the same thing. We want to see Miles become a better receiver. He's got the opportunity. We saw it as a rookie. But Why? The Eagles have Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell is a natural receiver. They want to get him up to speed for the third down stuff and the hurry up stuff. And by the way, I think they're right. Now, if injuries come into play, I'm not saying you don't want Miles to get better, but there's no way Miles Sanders, if he hits optimum level, becomes the same receiver that Kenny Gainwell is naturally. So why? Why is everyone in, intent? Now, the same way, I don't think there's a million years that Kenny Gainwell can become Miles Sanders as a runner. I think people are overrating that aspect of it, of his game. So to me, it's a nice yin and yang on paper if the Eagles can get Miles Sanders to be the lead back and, and Kenny Gainwell to get the third down and hurry up. Why is everybody worried about getting Miles to football through the air? He's not good at it. So use the guy who's good at it. So when the Eagles trade for A.J. Brown, one of the first people I actually thought of was Miles Sanders. I'm like, oh, my God, Miles Sanders is going to have these explosive plays again because Eagles are going to have a deep threat, and that kind of frees the run game a bit, meaning we might see more of those 50, 60, 70-yard runs from Miles Sanders again, which was really the only reason I got excited to watch Eagles games in the 2020 season, because Miles Sanders, he could break one at any time. He was the first player for the Eagles since Herschel Walker to bust 70-yard touchdown run of the year. It was incredible, and he can do that. And this is where I agree with you, John. It's If he's giving you the explosive plays as a runner, and, and I get it. We all want him to be better pass catcher out of the back. I, I think everybody just kind of wants Miles Sanders to be – the Dalvin Cook, the you know the elite back. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's not that happening. Yeah, a, a homegrown guy isn't happening. Yeah, which I'm fine with Miles Sanders just busting up big runs and you know just being that explosive player as he as he is. And look, he is a yards per touch guy. He really is. He's third in the league in yards per touch since he's entered the league. It, it's it's like Christian McCaffrey, Alec Bar, Nick Chubb, him. It's it's those are the four that are always mentioned. It's He's a good player for this team. And I think a lot of fans realize that. I just think they want to see him become elite. And there's nothing wrong with that from a fan All right, uh, Jeff, uh, Johnny Mack told me earlier that the joint practices with the Cleveland Browns and the Miami Dolphins might be the most fertile ground in deciding who's going to be playing when the season starts for the Philadelphia Eagles. I I guess I have to wrap my head around this. I'm a little old school, can't understand. Wait a minute. A scrimmage is going to determine who gets to play for the – okay, I'll I'll accept that. Um, What happens if Gardner Minshew goes nuts 
against the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are still in that quarterback hunting position. We still don't know how many games Deshaun Watson's going to be out. A lot of reporting saying that it's probably going to be eight now. I don't buy that. If you need me to get on the record, I'll get on the record right now. That One of two things are going to happen. If the decision comes down, he's going to be suspended for eight games. It's either going to be an indefinite eight games because the NFL wants to leave open the possibility that those other lawsuits could come back to bite Deshaun and the NFL in the rear end. Or number two, Roger Goodell's just going to come in, wave his magic wand and go, no, we said a year, it's going to be a year. Sorry about that. Take it. Um, So I don't necessarily believe it's going to be eight games as what it seems to be as far as reporting goes now. So eight minimum, I think more than that. They're going to want another quarterback in case, ooh, Jacoby Brissett goes down, your season's over. You told us earlier you don't think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, trading. What's a possibility of Gardner Minshew? Well, here's Would the, the thing. Eagles, just... Are the Eagles at any point going to get enough of a look at Carson uh, Strong to say, you know, we could make him our backup quarterback, and we could mm. get ourselves a decent draft pick mm. for Gardner Minshew. Any chance that happens? It all depends. I don't think the Browns would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is cut, then all of a sudden you're going to have suitors for him. Or San Francisco picks up a bunch of the salary. That could happen as well. Yeah, which which Uh, could happen too. Yeah, I mean, but if you're – Garner Minshew is going to be intriguing though if somebody gets hurt or – I'm sure teams will call the Eagles just like how the Eagles called – Jacksonville last year said, hey, you, you don't need this guy. You got Trevor Lawrence. And I'm sure teams are going to call the Eagles and say, hey, it, it, you know, if you guys well, are so here, here's players, the problem with, with, with that, Jody, hypothetical from the Carson. The Eagles are going to get too good of a look at Carson Strong. They're not trading Carson. <laughs> they value the, the backup quarterback position really too much. Don't. And yeah. he's not going to Carson Strong. And if Jalen Hurts goes down, they still have a chance to win football games at yeah. Garner Minshew. And yeah. that's what this year's about. This year is about winning football games and taking that next level. And, you know, let's hope Jalen Hurts doesn't get hurt. But running quarterback, he got hurt last year. It's nice to have a scared blanket. But, you know, we were, we were, uh, we were talking about Gainwell, too. At Gainwell, it was the, the New York Jets joint practice where, he convinced the Eagles that he was ready to go week one. That's where he kind of won his job as the third down in the hurry up back. Um, And obviously lost it in season uh, and took a little bit of a step back, but that's where he convinced him that he could be ready to go. And yeah, joint practices are just more important than preseason games, which Kind of sucks to be honest. Yeah. Yep. It will. Whether it's yep. Grant Calcara or um, uh, Jack Stoll, it's, that's going to be determined. Or, it, or it a really player happens. to be named later. That's a position yeah. where they might go outside the organization if they don't feel comfortable with somebody inside the organization. Now, they got a lot of bodies. And who knows when Tyree Jackson's got to be healthy. But since you brought it up at tight end, boy, that that's the one spot where I go, I would not be comfortable if I had to go to my depth at tight end. Not at all. I mean, so that could be really do, bad. When I had to do my three, like, position battles to watch for the Eagles, number two tight end, like, I, I only had to pick three. 
And number two, tight end, I admit it, because obviously with Mike Guard and what's going to happen at linebacker and how's the receiver depth chart going to play out. But I'm like, who is going to be the number two tight end? Like, it, it's a fair question here. And, could, and like you said, John, could it be someone? I'll tell you what, Kyle Rudolph would have been a nice signing for the Eagles. It, it would have never happen because it wasn't considered. And it looked like he was going to go to the Bucs for a couple weeks now. But <laughs> that that would have been a very ideal situation for Philadelphia. Let me ask you about Kyle Rudolph, because I was a fan when he was in Minnesota. I said I thought it was a pretty damn good signing for the Giants last year because I'm not a big Evan Ingram guy. Uh, So I thought he was going to be a guy who could actually help them uh, this past year. Uh, I I don't watch the Giants down in and down out. Maybe go back and watch the All-22 afterwards. He didn't put up much numbers last year. He wasn't all that productive for the Giants. And I get it, it's Daniel Jones we're talking about here. Um, But does he have anything left in the tank? I know Brady is the kind of guy who elevates players and makes them better. Kyle Rudolph really going to help them and help them forget Gronk? I think that ankle injury really played a role in how bad of a pass catcher he was last year. I I think with Cameron Brady and Kyle Rudolph, that's a good two tight end set. I think it's going to be fine. I mean, obviously, he's not Gronk. Gronk's one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Well, it's, it's going to be a nice signing for them. And if they want to run the football, if they want to go to um, Darren Fournette or you know, or the rookie, uh, I always forget the guy's name, uh, White, um, the, the rookie running back, he's going to replace Ronald Jones there. So it's going to be nice when they try to run the ball because Kyle Rudolph still is a good blocker. I still think he's got a couple years left in this league because he's a good blocker. But they needed this. Like, they lost O.J. Howard. Gronk isn't coming back. And it just seemed like Kyle Rudolph was – basically on speed dial just in case Gronk was come, wasn't coming back. And I, I just kind of like the fit in that system, in, in their offensive system with Byron Leftwich. I, I think they'll be fine there. I, I, I think he'll be fine yeah. in Tampa. The good thing about Kyle Rudolph is he was slow when he was fast. So he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, uh, but he's got great hands, man. He used to wear those uh, good, well, I guess they're gold but they look yellow gloves when he was on Minnesota. He looked like Mickey Mouse out there. His hands are so big. By the way, um, I, I didn't say this about a lot of people, but Kyle Rudolph really is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Oh, like he's, you, yeah, tremendously. He's really- great, great hands. So I think, you know, he's a backup tight end, but I think he's a good backup tight end. It, it's interesting too. that you bring up Kyle because I think he's 32. 32. And, and the, and the, and the bigger aspect of that to me is like, where are the Eagles? Should they be considering players like that? Are they close enough to where you should be bringing in 32 year old players or hoping grand Calcaterra can play at 22? What's, what's better for this team in the situation they're currently in? I don't think it hurts to bring competition. Uh, Look, you signed a one year deal. If they're not good enough, then if the 22-year-old beats him out, so be it. But I wouldn't mind to see Grant Calcaterra get a shot at this number two tight end job. And I think he's going to have every opportunity to do so. But it never hurts to bring in a veteran. I mean, look at the Marcus Steps, anthony Harris situation. It's You bring in Trubisky Tard, it's, he's going to challenge both of them. He's going to challenge Kayvon Wallace. I have no problem with that. And, and again, Trubisky Tard also isn't 32 years old. But, you know... The Eagles did this when they were contending for a lot of years under Andy Reid. They were bringing one of these guys, and 
to challenge their young players. And it actually kind of helped the young players in the long run because they got to see from those veterans, the LeVon Kirklands of the world, I guess, or the Antonio Freemans. And those guys were productive players for a really good football team. And if the Eagles feel they're a really good football team, why not bring in a guy like that? All right, Jeff Kerr, last one for me, and it's one of my favorites, a football hypothetical. And I'll readily admit I'm asking it with tongue somewhat implanted in cheek. Uh, we know what wide receiver one for the Eagles is. We know wide receiver two is, or one or one A, however you want to describe uh, Devontae and A.J. Brown. Uh, who is wide receiver three? John and I have pushed this around a little bit. Everyone believes it's going to be Quez Watkins, but it could be Zach uh, Pascal. Yeah. Uh, the coach yeah. is a big Zach Pascal fan. It's a better we... offense. It's it's Zach Pascal playing in the uh, slot. Understood. And then you have that Jalen Rager guy who was a first round draft pick, only two years removed, and we don't know exactly how he fits into the picture. What happens in that joint practice in Berea, Ohio, when Greg Ward catches eight balls? three of which go for touchdowns. What happens to the Eagle wide receiver room? And he returns punts, Jody. Yes. Well, he can catch it. You know, that's a big thing, ball security. If you don't have an explosive returner, you want somebody who's at least going to to catch the football and not create. I I guarantee you the Eagles are probably telling Devin Allen, Get ready to catch some punts and get ready to return some punts because that's going to Yeah, be I don't know. I think Britton Kobe's your punt returner. Yeah, that, I think Kevin Allen's more. Kobe, yeah, yeah that, that might be the sneaky one. And, you know, I, when I wrote about the wide receiver depth chart, I'm like, okay, where, where does Greg Ward fit in? Where does this guy fit in? And, you know, I, I'm assuming the Eagles are going to keep six guys because of the tight end situation. So you got Pascal Watkins, their, their locks, obviously, Brown and um, <laughs> Devontae are locks. So five. I, I think Greg Ward might hang Edgar. on. Yeah. I think he might and hang then, on. And, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's and I wouldn't mind Greg Ward on this team. It's like you said, Jody. He does catch the football when he plays. Yeah. I mean, you I, can't do you any know, worse than a number five wide receiver in this league than Greg Ward. I'm yeah. a charter really? member of the Greg Ward. He's a good club, teammate. But... He's a hard worker. He's yeah. he's got ball security as a punt returner. He's a leader he too. I, I, I like. Him. I yeah. always compare him to like Captain America before he became Captain America. Like he, he's the little guy, the guy you want to root for. You know, he could do yeah. this all day. That, that's Greg Ward. That's why I like him. If that's the case, and I hope you're both right, um, who's Jalen Rager landing with? Yeah, I mean, if Jalen Rager's <laughs> yeah. here, if, if if they're not cutting Jalen Rager, so if they can't trade him, he's going to be here. That's you know. Does anybody want the reclamation project? I don't know. I I mean, how can you answer that question? If somebody liked him in the draft, maybe they maybe they say to themselves, "We can fix this kid." Because I do think I that Baltimore's ready to close the door on a Jalen Riker reclamation project. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say that. I mean, there's this revisionist history, and you guys know it's never true. Like the Eagles are so dumb, and they pick Jalen Riker. Look, if the Eagles didn't pick Jalen Rager, he was going 24, 25. Yeah. I mean, there are other teams in this league that like Jalen Rager. You got to tap into that and see if they want to try a reclamation project. But they're not going to cut him. I mean, 
there's right, no. Well, but then do some roster crunching for me. If they're not cutting Rager, and you think Greg Ward's going to make the team, how no, the hell do you keep Colby or an Allen? I said Greg. Uh, Greg has a chance to make the team. It it becomes more difficult if Jalen Rager's still here. I'll if, say this: if Jalen Rager gets traded, I think he's going to make the team. Um, I I think he's still a long shot if Jalen Rager remains. I think Kobe is a long shot, very long shot. I think Devin Allen is, you know, it, it, Devin Allen's going to be on the practice squad if it, unless he's going back to track. I don't, I don't even think he's in the equation. Uh, well, he can do both technically. It, it, it's not out of the realm to do both. No, yeah. Um, they do a well, world championship next year, so he does have a chance to make this up, make up that that egregious uh, false start. By the way. Yeah, I don't know enough about track and field, but I, I do think it's ironic that they use this technology that can pick up things. I put this on Twitter as well. They can pick up things the naked eye can't see. And in the NFL, which is a $13 billion industry, we got part-time employees making the biggest calls with index cards to see if there's a first down. They don't use technology, so Devin Allen can at least rest assured. That. I, I say this all the time. I have went for 300 games in bowling. I've been in clutch golf tournaments over the years. Not, not that I'm a good golfer, but I was in scrambles and had to make key putts. I ran track till 10th grade. Nothing was more stressful than a 100-meter final in anything. Nothing. My palms were sweating like crazy at that start. I couldn't wait for that gun to pop. I, I was so antsy. I'm like, oh my god! Like I played football games. Like, why am I sweating so much? Because it, you know, like this start is everything. If you don't start well, you're done. And I remember being so furious when I had a bad start. Like I, not like I was going in the race, but I'm like, that time is terrible. This is this is terrible. What do I got to do to get better? Like, same for relay. I I started a relay. That is the most nerve wracking thing. Your palms are sweating. You're holding a baton. It, 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 it's something else. I don't know how those guys do it. Well, you can beat the start like Devin Allen did. Oops, sorry, that got him disqualified. False start. Get used to it. Get used to it early and in the season. season. Not yes. a false start when we bring Jeff Kerr on here on Birds 365. JK, good stuff. As always, appreciate it. You know, we'll get back to you in just a couple of weeks. Yep, absolutely, guys. Hey, train camp starts Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be earlier than that. Uh, rumor has it, but we'll see. We shall see. Put out uh, their schedule. JK, right. uh, uh, we'll, we'll certainly be in touch. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. At Jeff, Jeff Kerr, CBS, CBSSports.com. Read Jeff as well. And we'll, uh, yeah, you'll be seeing Kerr filling in when Johnny Mac's got to get some grass time, and that starts soon. All right, we're coming back here on Birds 365. Got our second Jeff of the day. Jeff Mosher going to join us in less than 20 minutes from now. So keep it here. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. J Mac here with you, and J Mac here with me. Jody McDonald's and John McMullen here with you on Birds 365. Appreciate you streaming in. Uh, go ahead and hit that like button or uh, what do we call it again? The algorithm, Johnny? The algorithm. Yeah. Like, gotta share, subscribe. Got to do it. Punch up our algorithm. Uh, so if you're a fan of the show and you're streaming in, so you got to like it at least a little bit, uh, please do us a favor. Go ahead. Hit that like button for your boys here on Birds 365. All right. Uh, Jeff Mosher going to join us. Less than 15 minutes from now. Um, J-Mac, I put this poll up on Twitter yesterday right as the show was starting. So it just uh, finished up because I think I threw it up there for 24 hours. I don't even remember. I didn't didn't make note of it, but I think it was a 24-hour poll. So I got almost 500 uh, votes. Who is winning the NFC East this year? Put it on my Twitter, and there were three choices. You say, wait, there's four teams in the NFC. That's the way I configured the poll. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, or the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. I combined the two, two for the price of one, (laughs) an entry for you horse racing fans. You could have grabbed two for the price of one. 
The results are in, Johnny Mac, 24 hours later. 10% said, give me value. I'll take two for one. Giants and, Giants Commanders, and Commanders. A 10% chance to win the NFC East. Now, how many picked the Eagles? Can I guess? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 73% picked the Eagles. Not quite. 65.3%. Took I'm the in the ballpark. That's not bad. Which I'll, leaves I'll 24.6% for the Dallas Cowboys. So this goes back to a question yeah. I asked you the other day here on Birds 365. If the choice were the Philadelphia Eagles <clears throat> or the Dallas Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders, you get all three for the price of one. Well, 65% took the Eagles. Yeah. Only well, 35% I mean, took the other three. To, now, be, fair, yes, to be fair, we're we're dealing with Philadelphia fans, Spurs 365 fans. I think, you know, if you were if you were surveying a savvy gambling crowd that was just worried about winning money, I think the value. You know, we know the NFC East. We know the upheaval. We know nobody's consistent. But if you're, if you know, maybe the two teams, if you shake it out that way, maybe it starts to shift. But I think the vast majority, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you pay more attention to the odds than I do, Jody, but I think the Cowboys are still favored over the Eagles in most places. Am I, am I correct about that? Um, I think they are. Um, I'm not positive. Most, not all. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, most would be the correct way to state it. Um, so, yeah. And it's very There's close. Some, yeah. Those that have the Eagles actually favored or the Cowboys, it's the closest of close. And and pretty much the same thing for the Cowboys. But the Cowboys have uh, – they are favored in more places than the Yeah. Eagles. So, I mean, part of that is a Philadelphia skew. But um, I will say, you know, I was looking at our buddy – uh, BLG Brandon Lee Gowton was doing his, uh, uh, I guess all NFC East team uh, teams offense and defense. A lot of a lot of Washington players on there. I was surprised. I was surprised how many how many Commanders were on there. But yeah, I I'm with you. I think it's pretty. There's a pretty clear demarcation line between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And then the Giants and the Commanders, but you know, I I don't think the Eagles have lapped the Cowboys by any stretch of the imagination. And here's what was telling for me. Um, and again, um, I put it on my Twitter. I did so during Birds 365 when it was on the air yesterday, but I didn't mention, I didn't bring it up. So it wasn't like I alerted all of our Birds 365 listeners to go to my Twitter. And take part in this poll. I didn't even say anything because I wanted to use it for the results today rather than actually have any uh, bearing or implication on the vote. I got a bunch of New York followers. Yeah, that's true. I still true. do shows in New yeah. York. I do a national show every single weekend, too, on Saturday and Sunday. If it was only a Philly thing, if I only had Philly followers and I was only on the air in Philadelphia, I would go, well, yeah, of course, the Eagles are going to pull down two-thirds of the vote. That's not the case. So either the Eagles fans feel stronger about it than the Giant fans or the Cowboy fans or the Commander fans, or 
yeah, they're just they are the team to beat in the NFC East this year, and I think there's something to that. Well, I yeah, hey, I I I would pick the Eagles over the Cowboys if you uh, force me to pick uh, the champions of this division. So I do think they're a slight favorite, uh, but I think it's a slight slight favorite. Um, but yeah, if I were I would take the field uh, for value purposes for betting. Uh, just because I, I don't think there is a clear – like if you – we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Jody. If you're giving me the NFC North, I'm taking the Packers. If you're giving yeah, me the easy. NFC South, I'm taking the Bucs, um, period. Uh, I'm not hedging. Um, doesn't mean it's going to work out that way, but I'm not going to hedge with those two particular divisions. Every other division, eh, maybe AFC East, I think Buffalo is pretty clear. I think they're going to win that. Um, maybe I'll throw them in there as well. Um, other than that, you know, I think even the the Rams, that's a tough division. Um, somebody could jump up and bite them. The AFC West looks like a murderer's row. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the AFC North with Deshaun Watson, but you got the Browns, you got the Steelers, you got the Ravens. Um, so I put the Eagles more in that category. Yeah, slight favorite, but it could go a uh, uh, it could go astray pretty quickly as well. Who do you think the favorite is in the AFC North? Yeah, that's a tough one. I I would have to default to the Ravens uh, because of the uncertainty with Cleveland uh, and and obviously Pittsburgh's rebooting. Um, and Cincinnati is Cincinnati is, was only in the Super Bowl last year, John. Yeah, I should have mentioned them first, obviously. Um, Cincinnati to me it has to prove they're gonna take the natural step back, but that's a very difficult division as well. Um, I gotta see consistency. I, I have a difficult time. Like I say, I always give the benefit of the doubt to uh the Patriots and the Steelers mainly. Those are the two teams, Packers too, as well. Um, I'm kind of the opposite with the Bengals, but they are really, really talented. <laughs> um, certainly offensive. We talked about their wide receiver room. Obviously, you know the quarterback. They got a running back. They're better on the offensive line. They probably have more talent, but you know, Baltimore to me is more proven. I think it's close. I'll say that. I think it's closer than people realize. It's uh, going to be uh, that's going to be a difficult division because there's no there's no easy marks. I, I personally am not scared by either the Giants or the Commanders this year. I think they're both pretty much guaranteed to be a sub 500 team. I don't know that I can guarantee any teams in the AFC uh, North to be yeah. below 500. They, Probably, you know, if there's one team closest, it would be Cleveland. Because, because of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But what happens if Deshaun Watson's suspension comes back well, to then game? Then now, I don't believe that's going to happen, but at least it's being reported. It's going to fall somewhere between two and eight. They might have two games. Cleveland, Cleveland might have the best roster in that division from top to bottom. Um, but, I mean, if they don't have the quarterback, they don't have the quarterback. All right, uh, I want to get one more Birds question in here with you, John, before we punch up Jeff Mosher, and I'm going to ask this question of Mosh when we get him on, but let me get you on the record first. A uh, guy we talked about last segment with Jeff Kerr was Devin Allen, the 
100 meter meter uh, sprint guy who's coming back to football after being out of it for years the eagles decided to sign him give him a chance we'll see if he can still catch the football and play football we don't know any of that he may come in here and look like a guy who needs to go back to track and <laughs> will be told thank yeah. you very much for your participation or he could open some eyes and we know he's fast we know he's going to be able to get behind guys from time to time can he make the catch? Can he actually contribute? Can he be a special teams guy for the Eagles? Here's my concern. You said there's no doubt in your mind he's going to be on the Eagles practice squad. Oh, there's doubt in my mind. Like somebody's going to pick him up? Yeah, what if he shows out? Mm. What if in that mm. uh, joint practice with the Browns, he gets behind Browns? Well, nobody sees it, twice. you know. Well, That's the, the, the Browns are going to see it. They're going to be there, aren't they? Are the Eagles practicing against the the? Well, wind? yeah, that's you know that's what they said about you know the Jets. Obviously, the team there can see players, and but you know when they're in preseason games, and Devin's going to play in preseason games as well, so he's going to get an opportunity there. The whole league gets to see him. So the coaches are they try to keep joint practices between the two teams. You know, because they think everything is CIA and clandestine. Nobody cares. I, I go this through this every year. You know, and we talked about it a little bit with Bo Wolf. Uh, there's always the camp stars that everybody gets excited about. And the the guy I, I couldn't remember was Carlton Agudosi. Remember Who, what, where? What yeah. you just say? Six Can foot you six. Say that? Yeah. Are you allowed to say that? Carlton Agudosi. There was Femi Moma. There was Carlton Agad, Henry Josie, all these super spring stars that never mounted. Oh, we're going to lose him on waivers. We're going to lose. Him. No, you're not. You're, you're not going to. Now, Jordan Mailata, you might have lost on waivers back in the day. Um, there are certain guys. Noah Tagai is a perfect example. I can't remember. I, 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 I can't forget how many Eagles fans were so upset about that. Uh, you know, the, the Colts ended up picking up him up on waivers. So occasionally you get bit. He did nothing with Indianapolis. He's back here now. He's not expected to do anything here. Look, if you're well, on the... I, I'll give you a guy. I'll give you a guy who got picked off, John. Raheem Mosert. Yeah, they, Raheem they tried to sneak him through waivers and it didn't work. And he's... Well, I don't... A... That's funny. But you're right about Raheem. Because Raheem developed, um, but I don't even think they were trying to sneak him through waivers. I don't think they wanted him. You think um, just no, out no, him. no, that that was a situation where, you know, he wasn't ready, and and certain guys do. You don't think you don't think they saw enough out of him to say he could be on our practice squad? No, remember the practice squad was smaller then. No, that's true too. That's it true. was Good uh, point. now it's you know giant. I think it was eight at that point. I think it was even smaller. It wasn't even 10. I know it wasn't 10. It had been six and then it moved to eight and then it went to 10. Um, so Raheem was here in 20. I'm looking it up real quick. <clears throat> 2015. <clears throat> so I think it was, it was either six. It was probably six then. So it was much more limited. But when the Eagles cut him, and that was the year before um, I was covering the team on a daily basis. So I wasn't there for it. Um, but since that time, 
I, I don't recall anyone saying the Eagles wanted to get him through practice squad. He went to Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, the Jets, the Bears, before he finally hung on with the 49ers. He, he was just a guy who was really fast, really raw, and he developed. And that happens occasionally. But I don't think the Eagles were trying to get him through the okay. waivers. It was just one of those things where they didn't think he was ready at the time. And he well, probably wasn't ready at the time. As you stated, the key there was he was that fast. Yeah. And that fast finally kicked in and made him an NFL player. We already know Devin Allen's that fast. He's one of yeah. the fastest guys on the planet. So you won't you it wouldn't even be projecting that he can be fast. We know he's that fast. I, I I'll I'll just say be careful, John. If they well, yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll also say squad, somebody could absolutely snatch him and put him on their roster. I also say the Eagles were the first team to sign Raheem Mostert uh, out of Purdue. Uh, as a, as Much a, like the Eagles are the first team to sign Devin Allen. Yeah, but the difference is he was 22, 23 coming out of college. He didn't take six years off, Jody. True. I mean, uh, there's, you know, and, and by the way, I gave you that list of, of names. You know, if Devin Allen's got to go through the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, the Jets, the Bears, before he 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 connects with somebody, he's got to be thirty-three yeah, years old. Thirty-eight. The thirty-eight-year-old yeah. Devin Allen has finally yeah. made a team. So that to me is the big difference. I mean, that six years is a that's a big matzo ball, as Jerry Seinfeld will say. I would uh, agree. I'm just. He, he's gotten enough coverage. His name has been out there enough. There are teams with lesser wide receiver rooms than the Philadelphia Eagles. If someone is looking to have their sixth wide receiver be a specialist, and he better not take one to the house in preseason, one of those games, he better not return a kickoff. Oh, or then a, they'll have to, yeah. Because then, yeah, then he's, he's absolutely going to eat up one of their roster spots. All right, let me ask you one more roster question. And, oh, by the way, uh, Birds 365 fans, we're going to be doing this for the next month because that's what a big part of July into August is, is speculating. John wants to finally beat his boy, Bo Wolf, at projecting the 53-man roster. So we're going to have to help him along as the preseason goes. Um, Carson Strong, I mentioned this earlier when I uh, broached the – yeah, long shot possibility that maybe a Cleveland Brown team, if they're purely looking for a backup, Garoppolo, uh, I don't think Garoppolo is going to be released. I'm still sticking to my prediction that come opening day, come week three, come week five, Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be on the San Francisco 49ers. I know big rep- – ooh, they uh, they gave him permission to seek They gave him permission in March, by the right. way. Right, and now it's a story yeah. somehow in July yeah. when it's been the case since March. Foolishness. Anyway, I think Garoppolo's staying. I don't think he's going anywhere. So Cleveland is on record as saying if they need a better backup to get through whatever the period is that uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be out, and eight games looks like just that amount of time where they'd say, yeah, we got to get a better backup. Uh, if Gardner Minshew plays unbelievable in that uh, joint practice with the Browns and they come and knocking and they're offering a third round draft pick, 
it's going to be tempting for Howie Roseman. Well, he yeah, loves Johnny. That he loves winning me. trades. You know, that he loves winning me. trades. That might tempt me. Uh, third round pick. Um, you know, I thought there was a chance that the Eagles might do some flipping with the backup quarterback spot, you know, in the off season, because they know they're losing Gardner. So if somebody came in with that kind of offer and, and, and it even broke that they were talking, you know, they were thinking, I, I don't know how much I believe this. They were thinking about bringing Nick Bowles back again. Uh, and, and, you know, if they traded uh, Gardner Minshew, right. The problem at this point is, you know, where are you going to get a backup? Jimmy Garoppolo? Now they're no. not going to they're not going to pay Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, they can't afford to pay Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got an outrageous salary. If if San Francisco wants to pay the whole thing, that's not going to happen. His so, name his name is Carson Strong. Yeah, I think Carson Strong is closer to Reed Sinnette than than Gardner Minshew. I I I think he better look in the rearview mirror. Because I, I think people have – and I think it's more likely than not that Carson wins the third quarterback job. Um, it's weird to say Carson. <laughs> uh, I, but I don't think he's a slam dunk over Reed Sinnett. Uh Just from the health standpoint, he can't move, Jody. He, he is a statue, uh, Carson Strong. Um, so, I yeah, I – you know – the Eagles value the backup quarterback position. And if they don't have a path to get a reliable backup, I I don't now now talk to me on October 31st or whenever the trade deadline is. When you get to that point, and if somebody's desperate for a quarterback and you know you're gonna lose the guy anyway and they're gonna give you something of value, then I think you really gotta consider it. But I, I don't think they have a path to, to, to a capable backup if they move on from Gardner. Yeah, I, I do. I think they have a direct path, and his name is Carson Strong. And if you say, well, the Eagles will never go with a rookie as their backup quarterback, hello, they just did with Jalen Hurts two years ago. That's why they drafted Jalen Hurts, so they could have an inexpensive backup quarterback behind Carson Wentz. So I would not be shocked if they were willing to go down that road again. All right. So that's one of the things that we're going to put to our next guest. You uh, read him at InsideTheBirds.com. You check out the podcast with he and Adam Kaplan, Inside the Birds as well. We get the benefit of the inside of one Jeff Mosher next here on Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze. And the Oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Your Mega Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald here, joined by a well tanned Jeff Mosher. There's a guy who's enjoying his summer. Yeah, yeah. he looked pretty good there, Mosher's Mr. Mosher. Tan. I take it you've been yeah. at the beach this summer. Uh, a few, a little bit, a little bit, but you know, I, I kind of this is my summer look, as as uh, Johnny Mac was saying. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. Now, some of us can't get that look, Jeff. Well, some of us are Irish, and yeah, we no do shot, what we can no do. chance, yeah. not happening. <laughs> How are you guys well, we, doing? We appreciate you jumping in with us, GM. All right. I just asked John this question. I want to run it by you. Um, Eagles quarterback position. And the question has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts, believe it or not. Uh, mm-hmm. If Carson Strong in the one of nine practices, or maybe it's only eight, <laughs> or maybe it's only seven, that the Eagles are going to have before they start their joint practices against Cleveland and their joint practice and their joint practice against Miami. So, yeah, at some point, Carson Strong is going to be able to show something, something. Any chance the Eagles trade Gardner Minshew before the season starts? Before the start of the season? No, no, I, I don't no. think so. No, yeah, no. No. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm we're we're really in. Uh, we're getting close to August, aren't we? We're yeah. in late July. <laughs> yeah, Carson Strong, and uh, you know, I I think Carson Strong is closer to Reed Sinet is what I told Jody than Gardner Minshew from the Eagles' perspective. Now he's he had a big name, and obviously at the start of the draft process, um, you know, some even had him as a potential first round pick. He ends up being undrafted, so. He's got the big name. I think, you know, if I were laying odds, I'd probably say he's going to win that third quarterback job. But it wouldn't shock me if Reed Sinet beat him out in those 10 opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I think if it came down to, you know, arm talent and ability from a quarterback perspective, I think you're right that the 
Carson Strong would have the advantage, and it would surprise me um, any any unless he just fell on his face. But I think the medical history is too large to ignore here, and it's not just the history. I mean, if his ability this sp- summer is threatened by the fact that his knees aren't strong or he has zero ability to navigate a pocket and that's something that stands out then then it's going to be difficult for him to make the team as the third quarterback even I mean he's a guy who had top 50 top 70 level talent and didn't even get drafted because of that so it's a I can't imagine the Eagles seeing a few good practices and thinking we're good with him just from a medical standpoint I contractual question on on Carson Strong I know the Eagles gave him more guaranteed money than most undrafted free agents, which means there were probably other teams that uh, were interested in his service as well. And Eagles had to go to a certain number just to make sure they got the player. Mm -hmm. Is that a signing bonus? Did he already get that check or is that just guaranteed money that if he does or doesn't make the team, he's got to get anyway. Um, do you know how exactly how that uh, money that the Eagles allocated for him works most? Well, the problem is that I have not seen the contract itself. So there's things that's reported about guaranteed, but it may not be fully guaranteed. So there, there could be a whole number of clauses that are in there that, that are, that would change what I might say. But I think it's fair to say that, yeah, when you, at that position, if you're trying to fend off other suitors, you'll offer more guaranteed money from that standpoint. However, there have been the Eagles have given out larger sums of upfront money to other undrafted free agents in the past, making people think that that person was a lock to make the team, and that person has not always made the team. So sometimes the the perception and the reality are different there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, undrafted contracts are three years. So basically, um, use TJ as an example. I, I, I forget the number. It's about uh, two, two and a half, 2.6, 2.7. They gave Carson uh, the most guaranteed money, I believe, of anybody, any undrafted free agent. They also remember signed the kid from Brown, Jeff, uh, B.J. Perry, uh, the quarterback from Brown. They gave him a lot of money. And they were sort of wrangling between those two guys. And E.J. accepted first. And then Carson Strong came back and said, you know what, I'm going to take the Eagles offer. And then the Eagles let E.J. Perry out of his deal to go to Jacksonville. Doug Peterson, by the way. So they wanted – they were interested in getting that quarterback. But the signing bonus was twenty. The signing bonus is not much. It's twenty grand, right? But I, I got the guaranteed money, which is three twenty, I believe, somewhere in that range. That's the guarantee he's he's going to get from that two point six million or or whatever. Right. So it's significant for an undrafted free agent, but it's not significant. I mean, the Eagles right. can move on and write it. It's a rounding error to the Eagles. So. Sure. It says something, but if he fails, he fails, and it's it's not that big of a deal. And I do think the backup quarterback position as a whole, you know, the Eagles have shown it's pretty valuable to them. And to me, the trade deadline with Gardner Minshew, if you push it back to Halloween, whenever it is, November 1st, 2nd, do the Eagles at that point have to say, you know what? Jalen Hurts is healthy. If somebody gives us something at that point, maybe some, maybe nobody does. But if it comes across 
Howie's desk, do you have to think about it at that point yet? Because you're not going to be here next year. Well, uh, yes. I mean, you, you obviously have to think about it. You're right that this is the last year of his deal, um, and the Eagles will always be looking at other backup quarterbacks. So if there's a, a move to be made at the deadline, I imagine that they would make it if there was interest in Gardner Minshew. Now, who knows by the deadline what's going on with Jalen yeah. Hurts? Who knows what's going on with Minshew? And I'll even say we, it, it is something to keep your eye on in general because Gardner Minshew – is a good backup quarterback, but he doesn't think he's a good backup yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he thinks, he thinks yeah. he's a starting quarterback. And, you know, we all remember, I guess, the report last year that came out where he kind of walked into um, Sirianni's office and said, what do I got to do to be the starter? And they, they leveled with him and said, you're, you're, you're just not going to be the starter unless obviously there's an injury. Um, but those who know Gardner Minshew know that he's not just – kind of going to practice every day, accepting the fact that he's a backup. He's, he's a, I, uh, I don't know what the word you want, a high intensity guy. Yeah. And he has not made any, any, you know, noise to my knowledge, as far as other than just going in and talking to Nick Sirianni, but he ain't getting any younger either. So um, it'll be very interesting to see, especially if the team yeah. kind of struggles a little bit out of the gate or if they're not, you know, I've seen people say they're going to be eight and one after nine nine games, which, you know, makes me laugh. But it, it would be interesting to see if there's any kind of struggle, like what the Minshew – how the Minshew camp deals with that. Because well, that re- camp re- wants to play. That reminded me, Jeff, forget about going into Sirianni's office. That's the guy who went in Jacksonville and said, I don't take dumps because I don't believe in number two, whatever the quote was. <laughs> he wanted to compete with Trevor Lawrence. Yes. I mean, he's – yeah, he's a competitive yeah, he's guy. he's wired differently. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and good luck to him because you're not starting here either. Uh, right. But well, well, that was my my roundabout way of saying was that I mean, obviously the Eagles aren't just going to cave to him and trade him just because he might be you know a little like agitated there. But you know, I, I've seen stranger things happen about players trying to get out of situations and and making things uncomfortable. So we'll just have to kind of keep an eye on that. All right, Moshe, want to move with you into the wide receiver room. We know who the top two guys are going to be. One, one A, put them in whatever order you're in. Uh, you want, we know it's going to be Devontae and A.J. Brown. Wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. Is it a given that it's Quez Watkins? Is there a chance that Zach Pascal can end up playing more snaps? And does anyone else on this roster, including that former first-round draft pick, Jalen Rager, have a chance to fight their way into the mix? Should be a good competition. And it also depends on how you define wide receiver three. Is wide receiver three the slot wide receiver, or is he the top outside backup wide receiver who who can kind of come in and play that position if you want to move A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith into the slot where both of those guys can function and flourish at times. You don't want those two guys manning the slot full-time, but uh, they certainly can move there. So Quez Watkins is someone who people have said can be wide receiver three on this team and a slot receiver, but his skill set might be better suited to the outside than the slot. But he still, at the end of the year, could play the outside most of his snaps and still wind up as the third leading wide receiver without really being a slot receiver. Uh, I think the slot receiver will be an interesting mix. It doesn't have to be the same person all the time. You mentioned Zach Pascal. He's the teacher's pet, the coach's pet. So he's going to be in there. He's a reliable blocker. So he can be in there in a little 11 personnel when you look like you want to pass, but you're actually going to run. He's going to be, he'll, he'll be key for that. He'll be key if you need a third and three reception to only get three yards. Jalen Rager, if he's on the team, 
Um, and if he's, I, I was told, Adam Kaplan told that he really had a very focused, very determined offseason. I know that doesn't mean anything to anybody, but it's better than having a terrible offseason, I guess. <laughs> but if he can turn it around, catch the ball, he's a guy I think that you can see production out of from the slot. And, and while there'll be some other names that we talk about, I would keep an eye on the the undrafted rookie from Utah, Britton Covey, because while he'll probably, if he makes the team, it's as an undrafted free agent kick returner. He has that kind of size, skill set, shiftiness, the Wes Welkerism, if you want to call it, to to go into the slot and be able to do things like two-way moves. And um, he just has more of a, of a skill set that's conducive to the slot. So he could be a surprise, surprisingly productive player and, and find some time in there. Uh, to, to sort of uh, bear down on that wide receiver room a little bit more with you, Jeff, Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Franklin, I give him credit because he's the one who brought it up to me. Uh, and I thought it was a good point. He's talking about, you know, people defaulting to playing time and thinking Quez will, whether, whether slot outside, he'll have more playing time than Zach Pascal because he's a more dangerous receiver, which I think we can all agree with. But it's a little bit counterintuitive. But if Zach Pascal is playing more, that's probably good for the Eagles because that means they're, Winning games late, they're in the four-minute offense late. They're trying to run the football, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. probably from 11 personnel to look a little bit different. Um, so him playing more might be better for the Eagles, might be a, a foreshadowing better results from the Eagles. So that's one point. And then the second point with Jalen, Jalen Rager with you, they're not going to cut him, right? If they don't trade him, he's going to be here. They're not going to cut Jalen Rager. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they would cut Jalen Rager. If you don't trade him, he will be here. Yeah. And if they don't it, trade him, it's probably because they found some value in him and think that he can compete for that three or four wide receiver spot. Yeah. And the Pascal point, any any merit to that? Because I thought it was interesting. That, well, it's, it's sort of like backwards thinking, right? Like, yeah. Meaning that if you notice at the end of the year that he played a lot of snaps, it's because, as you mentioned – they were up in a lot of games and they were able to run the ball where he would be best as a, as a slot receiver and 11 personnel sort of reminds me of like the 2017 uh, Bo Allen snap count. He was up to yeah. like 48% and, and you never would have gone into the year with that defensive line that deep thinking, wow, Bo Allen's going to play almost half a game. And he played half a game because the Eagles were up by 20 points in, in a lot of those games in the third and fourth quarter. So he was able to get in there and get that many snaps. All right, uh, Jeff Mosher, give me the role on this team for the player who last year on the Philadelphia uh, Eagles scored the second most touchdowns. Do you know to whom I refer? Uh, Would that be Kenneth Gainwell? Incorrect. Second most touchdowns, huh? Uh, let's see. It wasn't Miles Sanders. I can tell you that. Correct. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, zero is it get Goddard? That would be incorrect. You got another yeah, guess. Just, get, just let me know. I haven't studied up real well. Jordan gotcha. Howard? Give me a Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan Howard wasn't the number two touchdown producer on the Eagles, and he's not on the roster. So it's somebody who is on the roster as of right oh, now. on the roster. Who had the second most touchdowns for the Eagles last year. Is it Devontae Smith? No, that is incorrect. Keep going, my friend. Second most touchdown. Austin Scott. 
Boston Scott scored seven touchdowns for the Philadelphia right. Eagles last year, trailing only Jalen Hurts with his 10 rushing touchdowns. What kind of role is Boston Scott going to have on this team? Well, I like to say, and it's not a foolproof 100% formula, but I always like to say, what does the history tell you? Um, what does the precedent tell you? The precedent in one year of Nick Sirianni and Kevin Petulo and the offensive brain trust is that they play two running backs, not three, two, right? They've had many opportunities to play multiple, as many as they wanted. They always played two. So the two running backs I suspect that they will play at the start of the season are Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell, which leaves Boston Scott in his very familiar role as collecting dust until he's needed. So maybe he gets in on the return game a little bit. Maybe, maybe there are some some games where, for whatever reason, they like a matchup or have him in there for a snap or two. But when you're talking about total snaps and roll, which is your question, the roll belongs to Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell for now. Yeah, and that's how last year started. And yeah. Jeff's right, because even when Miles got hurt and then Kenny, Kenny fumbled in, I think it was Las Vegas, and they benched Kenny. Mm-hmm. And they played Boston and Jordan Howard. Um, they only play two. He's right. And and this offense. So let's talk about that offensive brain trust, uh, Jeff. Year two, Nick Sirianni gave up the play calling last year, which we kind of knew, didn't know exactly when. They didn't make a big deal of it. But this year they made a clear sort of demarcation point to say, Jane, Shane Steichen's going to call the plays. Big deal, little deal. Uh, I know Nick likes to downplay it. It's his offense. If Jeff Mosher ran it, it would be run the same as Jody McDonald or John McMullen. Much ado about nothing or or something to pay attention to? I think it's – I think naturally, John, it's something to pay attention to because it's still all new, right? I mean, this is really Nick Sirianni's second year. But for most second-year head coaches, it's the first year of expectations. You know, I mean, of course you expect something as a rookie, but like Andy Reid won five games his first year as head coach. Whenever you're kind of taking a four-win team when sort of going through a rebuilding effort, you're you're sort of not always judged on what year one looks like. But then once after year one happens, then they fill your holes on the roster, which they've done this year. Then they really want to know what you can do now that you've got "quote unquote" your players, and I would say the same thing for Jonathan Gannon too. So I, 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 I'm very curious to see how the offense looks, what changes, you know, what dynamics are different with it. I think it's going to have to be more of a passing offense than it was last year, and um, we'll find out if the, the the brain trust here, Sirianni and Petulo and Shane Steichen, is up to the challenge because. You're going to be seeing division teams now against Jalen Hurts for the third straight. So now there's more tape. And then you're going to play teams like the Lions. And you're going to play teams like uh, there's another team they're playing this year that they have played either last year or the year, the Cardinals. Uh, that's a team that's seen Jalen Hurts. And so they're going to be game planning accordingly. It's not going to, there's no surprises anymore with what the Eagles are going to be doing. True. They've got a lot of repeat games on their schedule. All right. Uh, Moish, from time to time, Johnny Mack and I don't see things exactly the same like this shocking one thing that uh, we have been uh kind of at odds at is uh the level of production you're going to get out of Nicobe dean i think by year's end he's going to have played more snaps at linebacker than any other eagle 
John kind of believes in the startup costs of a third round draft pick, that he's not going to be able to wrestle it away from either Edwards and or Kadir White. What one do you disagree with, with the most with Kaplan? That he's got a stance, you got a stance, and you guys just can't seem to get onto the same page. Oh, that's a great question. We just had a all right. So we're we have a debate <laughs> on Miles Sanders a lot, and you know Adam said he's been an underwhelming performer, Miles Sanders, throughout his his Eagles career, and I have said I disagree. I don't think he's been great, but I mean, I, I tend to get more. Uh, with the analytics of it, I'm like, what's the odds of a second round pick in general succeeding? And then what's the odds of uh, a running back who's had a thousand total yards? I mean, who's drafted in the slot that he was drafted. I feel like he has been what you would expect from a second round pick. Now you're going to see some second round picks. I think like Nick Chubb were great. And you're going to see some who never even make it in the NFL. So it's kind of a hard discussion to have. But my point with Miles Sanders is, you know, I know he didn't have any touchdowns last year. He also didn't have that many carries inside. For whatever reason, Kenneth Gainwell emerged as the goal line back. And that's fine. It doesn't mean Miles wouldn't have scored those touchdowns if you gave the ball to him. Uh, I still think he gives you an explosive element. He's got to do a better job catching the ball and blitz pick up. And that's certainly all true. And I'll be the first to admit he should be looking over his shoulder to Kenneth Gainwell uh, this all, you know, this season. But I can't call him an underperformer. I think he's. Uh, I think that people are a little bit too hard on him. They, they've just never had this I'm, kind of consistent I'm, I'm with running you, game. I, I've been. It's interesting because everything's about expectations, right? I talk about it all the time with Jody and with Derek Barnett as well. But with Miles, I was like after his rookie year, I think the expectations were so out of whack. I was getting fans saying, "Oh, I remember saying." something about him not being as good as Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. I got right. so much hate. I was like, what? I, I, I mean, slow your roll here. He's a, <laughs> he's a nice player. He's getting better. So I think the expectations were so out of whack after the rookie season. And then he's just a good player. He's a good player. Right. He leads the league in yards per carry. Now, part of that is the offensive line, but he's mm -hmm. right there with Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. Right. Now, who, who gets, by the way, Nick Chubb plays also behind a great offensive yes, line. But yes, I'm not going to deny Nick Chubb of his talents. No, He's a great running no. back. And, um, and so does Taylor with Quentin yeah. Nelson. And, um, but yeah, they're all great. You know, he, he's a good runner, as I describe him. Now, he leaves a little bit too much meat on the bone. He tries absolutely. to hit too many home runs. As you mentioned, with the pass protection, pass receiving, he's not a well rounded back, but he's a good player. So yes. now I've hit this, like I thought he was overrated by the fan base. Now I think he's underrated by the fan base. That's kind of where I am with Miles Sanders. It's weird how perceptions change people's thinking on players. I agree. All right. Uh, and oh, by the way, if you're going to give Miles Sanders credit for 5.5 yards per carry and say it's because of the offensive line, then what does that tell you about Kenny Gainwell if he's only at 4.3 yeah. like behind the best offensive yeah. line? You got you got to slice that one both ways. Yes, right, but last... in fairness, they made him the short yardage back. So th yeah. there were certain times where he could only pick up two or That's three yeah. yards yeah. before uh, pay dirt there. If you're yeah. sitting on uh, third and goal from the two, you're getting a two-yard run. There's there's no exactly. adding to it. Exactly <laughs> right, Moshe. All right, last one for me. And you know it's just you, me, and John, right? There's nobody else really listening. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to ask you to be a little on the honest side. Since you're going to be getting grass time soon enough, 
and you guys are positioned in certain way. You can see what you can see. You, can, you have to bunch together. Who's the one guy you don't want to stand next to? Either for, <laughs> yeah, he just never shuts up purposes. Could be personal hygiene. I think you get what I'm getting at. It's going to be pretty damn hot when you get out there. Who's the guy who you let grab his spot first, and then you go, all right, I'm going at least three yards left. I'm going at least three yards right. Oh, man, that is a tough one. Yeah, that's that's harsh, Jody. Yeah, it I is. Think, I think most yeah, is going to go political. Like I'm, not, I'm not the type of guy to throw you my need me to admit under the I'm bus, a douche. Man. Okay, yeah. I'm a douche. I, 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 <laughs> I am what I am. I'm not going out there. I'm stirring the pot. I'm a so, jerk. Uh, so yeah, me, I'm, putting, I'm putting you to the task, boy. <laughs> let, let me tell you why that's tough for me to answer without being a hypocrite. All right. I, I am, I'm, I'm like 5'11, 195 to 200. I, I fluctuate, but I sort of sweat like someone who might be 5'11, 350. I, I, I've always <laughs> been that guy. I sweat so, way so too So when I ask this question much. to other guys, I might get Jeff Mosher. Yeah, that's what answer. I'm saying. Like, I'm a, I'm, I, I, I'd be a hypocrite if I, because that might be me. I don't think yeah. people want to stand yeah. next to me. All you but, can do uh, is put I, on. I'll tell you this John Clark is tough to stand next to because he's so damn tall that I can't yeah. see. Uh, what's in front of me? So that that for that reason alone, well, then you got to stay away from BLG. BLG's yeah. bigger than than Clark. Oh, that, that, no him too. Yeah. yeah, it's like the twin towers out there, man. <laughs> I can't see anything. Yeah. If uh, anybody uses natural deodorant when it's hundred and five degrees, go get the Old Spice. Use your natural <laughs> stuff, but get the Old Spice when it's hundred and. 50 out like it is today and, and yes you, you guys may get that starting next week uh most we great go. stuff uh tell the people where they can get the inside the birds podcast yeah any podcast platform you can go to inside and get it there as well or the inside the birds youtube channel we've been doing this awesome preview series where we've previewed every nfc east team with greg cosell who watches more nfl tape than anybody who actually works in the nfl yeah, real quick, amazing you bring that up uh yeah jeff i i meant to get to that uh-huh. But Jody and I have been talking about uh, the commanders a little bit. Some people love them. Some people think they're talented. I wouldn't say love them. Um, uh, but some people think they have a, a lot of talented players and could maybe be a surprise. Where yep. was Greg with the commanders? Do they, the, the, any chance that they could be a surprise in this division? Well, you know, I asked him at the end of every, of all four, you know, does this team have the best 53 in the division? And, um, he would say he said no when I asked him about that at Washington. So he doesn't think they have the best 53, but he certainly likes their upper. They have blue chip talent at a lot of positions. Some of those positions you need to rely on somebody else. If you're a, a wide receiver and you're yeah. playing with a really bad quarterback, doesn't really matter how talented you are. But they are, I think, I think what we mentioned in the front seven, probably the best overall team in the NFC East as far as front seven blue chip talent um i've been thinking about a lot lately just in doing this series i I don't think they have the best 53 because they lack depth but i you can make fun of me all you want i think they're starting 22 from a talent standpoint can match up with the cowboys and the eagles as far as a starting 22 now unfortunately injuries and everything it's always about your 53 yeah Uh, and that's where maybe the eagles and dallas are a little ahead but you start off with that defensive line. It's the best in the division. There's no, in my mind, there's no question about it. Um, got good playmakers with McLaurin, with Jahan Dotson, who I think is going to assimilate well. I think that system that Scott Turner runs is a little bit better for Carson Wentz because it's more of a downfield 
system. They they have is they have to block it up, and they're not great on the interior line, so that could be a big issue for them. But from a talent standpoint, they're twenty two. I believe they can they could legitimately say our twenty two is as good as yours, Dallas, or yours, Philadelphia. All right, since you successfully avoided my last question about who you didn't want to stand next to, <laughs> good job out of you. I'm not going to allow you to get away from this one. Who's got like the Miles better Sanders. starting quarterback this year, Washington Commanders or Philadelphia Eagles? Who, say it again. Who's the? Who has the better starting quarterback, Washington Commanders or Philadelphia Eagles, a.k.a. Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? Make a call. Mm. Washington's got the better thrower. Philadelphia's got the better athlete. I mean, it's hard to know how they're they're blocked up in front of them. The Philadelphia should be blocked up better. But if they're both healthy and both playing at a pretty good level, you take Carson Wentz. You just do. I'm sorry if that offends people, but yeah. Carson Wentz is a better should've, thrower of the football. You By the way, the neither, option, neither yeah. option compares to, say, Dak or somebody. We're still talking about yeah. guys who are in that. 10 to 15 range. Should have threw the curveball at Jody and said Taylor Heineke. <laughs> <laughs> or I should have said Gardner Minshew. Gardner. That would really yeah. rounded out this yeah. show really perfectly. <laughs> Carson Strong, I'm telling you, Carson Strong's going to be the backup for the Eagles because Gardner's going to get traded. Uh, that's why we do this is to give wacky opinions. Uh, Moj, we appreciate you putting yours opinion in. Uh, we will certainly get in touch before the season gets underway. Thanks for hopping on. Keep working on that tan. All right, thank you. I will. I promise you I will. That is Jeff Mosher. Well Hi, tanned, Jeff, Jeff Mosher, yeah. as a matter of He's course. always well tanned. Always. What can I tell you? I'm a little jealous with my yeah. fair so skin. Well, so am I. All right, coming back I'm here, we need to put a bow on the show on Birds 365. <clears throat> Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze. And the Oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McClellan, Julia McDonald here with you. Kerr and Moser were both good with us today. Thank you, guys. Uh, Johnny Mac, let's finish on this note. I need you to make two predictions for me. All right. Uh, I was surprised uh, with some of the things Jeff had to say. And uh, he mentioned uh, yeah. buddy Greg Cotell on where the commanders are at. I... There, there is a lot. There is a wide gesticulation to where people think the commanders are. There's yeah, some um... who think they're really, they're really, uh, a potential surprise and others who are like you uh, are dismissing them. It's a, it's an interesting team. Two words, dumpster fire. Well, it is uh, a dumpster that, fire. That's yeah. I, 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 I don't talk. think the I, foot, the team on the field will be able to dodge all of the organizational yeah. issues. And By I the way, I, I, the I, I thank you for following, for telling me about the Daniel Snyder's yacht guy. I follow him now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where that Daniel Snyder yacht is. All right, uh, you need to make two predictions for me, okay? Week 13 this year, game 13 this year, the Washington Commanders will be in New York playing the New York Giants. Who do you think wins that game? And I know there's like 97,000 things that can happen between yeah. now and then. But I mean, I'm asking I, to make I a think... pick on that game. 13th game of the year, Giants, Commanders, at the Meadowlands, who you got? I'm going. I'm going Giants. They got to win a few games, home and home. I think they're going to home and home split that series. I mean, I think game... Washington's a better team, but yeah, I'll go Giants. That is game thirteen. Game fourteen at Washington, New York Giants. The Giants and the Commanders play each other. Back to back oh, this see, year. I didn't know that. Now with I got a bye week in between. The only thing you got is a bye week, and that's kind of a late bye week. It's kind of yeah. a lousy bye week for both of those two teams. Eagles had it this past year. They got it earlier this year. Better for them. But week fourteen is the bye week for both the Giants and the Commanders. They play each other back to back games. Not back to back week, but it's back to back games. Is it just a foregone conclusion that they're going to split? Boy, that is a quirk in the schedule. I yeah. did not realize that. I, I, that's that's interesting. I, you know, to me, Washington always falls apart by that time of the season. That's when they begin to fall apart. They're okay. They're okay. They are okay. Then they, sometimes it's COVID. Sometimes the quarterback gets hurt. I know. I, I think the Giants are going to split. The Giants are going to split with them, and they're not good enough to to sweep it. So. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the yeah. with the home and home split. Uh, 
kind of a weird schedule. I just I wanted to look up the uh, Washington Commanders schedule for a specific reason. I said, wait, wait, wait. They played the Giants in back-to-back games. How the hell is that? That never happens in yeah, the National Football that is League. A, that is a strange quirk. It, right. it, Sometimes it you'll get is. you'll get two in in two weeks, but there's always a game in between. Yeah. No, the only thing in between is the bye. So they're actually playing each other in back-to-back games. Weird. All right. Uh, the weirdness will continue next week here on. Oh wait, uh, today is Thursday. Today's Thursday. We got one more. We one got more to one more tomorrow. We got to finish out this. Uh, John Stolness and Dave Zangaro already locked in for tomorrow. Dave Z coming back. Uh, I think they're revealing their number one most important player. There we go. For the Eagles. I can guess who it is. He I, probably I'll wears go, number I'll one. go way the hell out on yeah. a limb. Two two letters, QB. Uh, but we'll, number we'll, one is number one. That's my guess. We will see tomorrow. We'll have Zangaro and uh, our buddy Stolness on as well. Partner, I'm in for tomorrow. You two? Let's do it. In two and two. Stay cool. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.